0: I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up right after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Our topic this week, consciousness. Two questions for you, Ken.
1: What do you mean by consciousness? And secondly, what does the Who's Rock Opera Tommy have to do with it?
0: Well, consciousness, you know, that's what goes on inside your mind. Uh, And Tommy, well, Tommy couldn't hear or see, so his consciousness must have been different from ours.
1: Well, that's interesting, but how do, how do you know what went on inside of Tommy's head? And how do I know what goes on inside of your head? How do I know you're even conscious at all?
0: Well, I can sure play a mean pinball. Stay conscious for Philosophy Talk, after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm
1: John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Our program originates from the friendly confines of KALW, 91.7 Information Radio for San Francisco.
0: Uh, But you notice, John, in our imagination, in our own inner consciousness, uh, we can be anywhere. We can be down in uh, Philosophy Corner at Stanford. We can imagine being
1: anywhere we want, and at any time. We can imagine being at Plato's Academy, listening to Plato and Aristotle discuss the good and the true. In Greek? Oh, Oh, there is that. But there's no denying it's great to be conscious, to see, to feel, to imagine, to think, to experience. Don't you agree, Ken? Yeah,
0: John, you're going on about uh, all these great things about consciousness, but you really haven't told me what it is. I mean, I have unconscious thoughts and conscious thoughts. What's the difference between being conscious and unconscious?
1: Well, uh, being conscious isn't the same as having a mind. It's just part of it. I mean, a lot of our thinking and deliberating and so forth is is unconscious it's not present to us we're not aware of it going on it's not like anything to do but a lot of it is i mean if you have a pain if you eat a chocolate chip cookie uh it's like something to have those experiences surely can't even you know the difference between being in pain and tasting a chocolate chip cookie
0: Uh, i do know i do know the difference between my being in pain and my uh, tasting a chocolate chip cookie, I like the latter and I don't like the former too much. But you know, I know about me, but you, I, I don't. How, what, I don't know about you. I mean, I don't know if there's even anything there at all.
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, for all I can really observe, you could have what. Going on in your consciousness when I step on your toe, what goes on in my consciousness when I eat a chocolate chip cookie, <laughs> could be. and vice versa. So yeah. the nicest thing I could do to you is step on your toe. That's <laughs> that's an interesting possibility. Ken. That's
0: true, John. You're kind of like a you're kind of like that 12 year old kid. Remember being 12 years old, or maybe even 10, and wondering when you look at green. And see, ah, there's green. It's something. It's like to see green, and wondering if other people saw the same thing as you when you saw green. Maybe they saw red when you saw green.
1: Ken, I remember being 61 years old and <laughs> thinking yeah, that right. thought. I've been thinking about that since I was 10 or 12, and uh, I never have quite figured it out. Although sometimes in my writings I claim to.
0: Yeah, that's a, you. Kind of, it's a so philosophy begins with 10-year-old worries, and you're still worrying about them that, when you're that, 61. I, I think that's Consciousness,
1: why. I, I why we have so many listeners. It's all these. <laughs> superannuated 10-year-olds out there.
0: Consciousness is one of those things. Uh,
1: But how about pain? I mean, pain is something that we must think we know everybody has the same because we worry about it. We're sympathetic with other people in pain. Surgeons don't just cut into you without giving you anesthetic because they assume that what's going on in you would be what would be like what was
0: going on in them. Yeah, that's a good question. They assume that, but how really do they know it? I mean, that's the real question that we have to get to. How really do you know anything about the contents of another person's conscious experience? I mean, science can't answer that. It can't tell you. It can say, oh, your brain's doing this, but it can't tell you how it feels.
1: Well, maybe it can. Maybe we're just ignorant philosophers. And if we talk to a, a kind of a scientist or a medical man or a or, or a surgeon, we'd get some of the
0: answers. Yeah, funny you should say that, or Amy Standen did just that. A roving philosophical reporter has filed this report about what happens to our consciousness when we go under the knife.
2: Most people have a sense of what it's like to be conscious, but far fewer of us make a career out of bringing people in and out of it. Stuart Hameroff has practiced anesthesiology for 30 years. He's also the associate director of the Center for Consciousness Studies at the University of Arizona. I asked Hameroff how can he tell for sure when one of his patients has fully gone under.
3: We don't absolutely know because we can't directly observe consciousness. I can't say for sure that you are conscious. You could be an android or what philosophers call a zombie. And likewise, you don't know for sure that I'm conscious. We, we know through indirect methods. We know when the patient loses their eyelid reflex, when the blood pressure settles into a stable uh, level and the heart rate is stable, things like that.
2: In other words, your anesthesiologist really doesn't know whether you're unconscious or not until the doctor yanks out your appendix and you don't scream out in pain. Even then, it's a mystery. Physicians have been using anesthesia to induce unconsciousness for over a century, but that still doesn't mean they can tell you what consciousness is.
3: Well, I don't think science can explain consciousness whatsoever at this point. We know how the brain works in a lot of ways, but what we don't know is how the brain produces conscious experience. The fact that we have awareness an inner life and perceptions. We could have complex behavior. We could even be having this conversation, perhaps, but neither of us would have any inner experience or inner life or conscious awareness. We could be more or less faking it. That's, that's what robots are designed to do.
2: One thing we do know about consciousness is that when you lose it, you also lose your perception of time. For Hammeroff, that's a clue into how the mind works.
3: When you go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning, you can usually make a rough guess how long you were asleep. But when you're anesthetized, you don't know if it's five seconds, five minutes, five hours, or five days. Time just does not pass. And I think that's because consciousness is a sequence of discrete events, little moments of consciousness. It's Like a frame in a movie, you know, people in a car accident, the car is spinning, time slows down. Michael Jordan said that when he's uh, feeling it in, in basketball, The other team is in slow motion. That's because I think Jordan would be having more conscious events per given time. But when you're anesthetized, you're having none of them, so time doesn't pass at all.
2: Hameroff believes that humans experience about 40 conscious events, or film stills, per second. Michael Jordan, mid-game, may get more than 40, while your average earthworm, Hameroff thinks, experiences only three or four a minute. So, since it's the anesthesiologist who's essentially turning off the film projector, what does Hameroff think about as he watches his patients drift off into the mysterious netherworld of unconsciousness?
3: Well, I'm, I'm very uh, compulsive about uh, making sure that all the monitors are working and that the airway is secure and I've got everything I need. It's, it's kind of like flying an airplane. The takeoffs and landings are the most critical. And it's normally routine, but, you know, every once in a while you have a crisis, and so you've got to anticipate things. But after, uh, after things are going well, I'm still amazed, even after 30 years of doing it, that, you know, the consciousness goes away. It makes me wonder where they go, but more importantly, why we're conscious in the first place.
2: For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen.
1: You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.